0: This is Internet Marketing. Brought to you by Site Visibility at sitevisibility.co.uk. This is Internet Marketing. Uh, Before we start today, we'd like to encourage anyone looking for help with their digital marketing to get in touch with Site Visibility. Whether you have a burning digital marketing question or you're looking for an agency to work with, they'd love to hear from you. Give them a call, plus 441273733433, or fill out the form at sitevisibility.co.uk slash contact. Alternatively, you can talk to either Scott or Sean via the live chat function on the site. They'd be more than happy to help. Now, today I'm joined by Charlie Williams, SEO consultant at Chopped and strategist at Screaming Frog. Charlie, how
1: are you doing? I'm very well, Andy. How are you? Uh, Very, very well. Whereabouts in the country are you located? I am based in Oxford, right in the centre of England. And as you
0: probably know on this podcast, I like to just check what the weather's doing in various parts of the world. What's the weather doing in in, uh, Oxford right now?
1: Right now, it is sunny. Uh, It is quite cold compared to, obviously, recent months' heat wave, but it is sunny and bright, so quite pleasant.
0: Yeah, same here. Sunny, bright, cold. Anyway, less of the weather... Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're doing at Chopped and what you're doing at Screaming Frog.
1: So uh, I have been an SEO for about a decade now, which puts me at relatively better in a status, I think, in the industry these days. And uh, I have been a strategist at Screaming Frog for the last couple of years, something I am, says I'll be finishing soon, but uh, I've very much enjoyed and I've, I'm now working uh, been doing part-time and moving to full-time my own consultancy called Chopped, which is uh, an agency or consultancy dedicated mostly to helping people with on-site SEO. So the idea behind that is sort of looking at technical SEO content strategy so we know what kind of content your audience wants you to write about and to make sure search engines can find and love that content once you've made it.
0: Now you did a talk earlier this year, didn't you? I think it was titled um, "Using SEO to Reveal What Content You Need." Just tell us about the the main points that you covered in that talk.
1: So, in this talk, uh, I wanted to ask a question that I see quite a few SEOs, junior SEOs, struggling with. Something that I certainly struggled with uh, quite a few years ago. I'm sad to say now, when I was a younger SEO, uh, and that is actually knowing what content to create. I think it's a question that we hear a lot of clients also ask us is, I I've got, I understand that we need to create content around these keyword targets to identify, but how do I know what kind of content that should be? How do we know if it's going to work? Mm. Those kind of questions we often get. And I found uh, myself thinking about this, working at Screaming Frog with a really big team there of SEOs of all kinds of experience levels, some very talented individuals, but there's that experience and confidence point that I think a lot of people get to of wanting to know how do I go in with confidence to a client and say, this is the kind of content we should build to target this keyword? Yeah. And I was hoping to answer that a bit with this talk.
0: Now, one of the things I find quite interesting about that uh, that that talk was the fact that you... Because I, I like feedback loops, and it, this sounds quite like a feedback loop, but I was fascinated that you were talking about SEO to reveal what content you should need. And I couldn't get my head around uh, SEO as a feedback loop. Just... Talk us through that a little bit.
1: So, yeah, I think that's a a really interesting question. Often uh, SEO is, you know, sort of something that you do, you sort of plan ahead and then you action it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And that makes sense. And that's always how you start things off. But I think there's actually, uh, most projects we go into with clients these days, they've already had some SEO done. They've already, you know, sort of had some keywords identified or they've already built something or in some cases, obviously, had some terrible backlinks built. But there's normally something that's been done uh, and that, and we can learn from that rather than uh, actually just kind of start from scratch every single time. But also, when you do a new campaign with this client, and you start putting stuff into action, you start by building new content in a certain area. You don't try and rebuild the entire site's content in one go, mm. unless you're starting with a brand new company from scratch. The idea is you start with a section, and from that, you learn what's working, what's resonating with your audience. You know, our audience really keen on video content. Our audience really uh, needing help. Just purely with their product the product pages to help them pick the right size all kinds of different angles you can then get feedback from that which then helps you with future sections combined with the normal research you would do at the beginning of a campaign
0: mm. you also talked about the, i mean th- there's two things that stood out in that talk you talked about mindset and then the other thing you talked about quite a bit was framework in the yes talk. i know these are quite strong uh, subjects for you i mean tell us about your thinking there
1: so yeah, I, that's a that's a great point. We are very good as SEOs at getting lots of data. We have lots of tools. I think you know, especially in comes of things like keyword research, we now have more strong keyword tools than we've ever had, ever had before. Um, you know, sort of the revamp Moz tool from a couple of years ago. The stuff you can get out of Semrush, Ahrefs, Systrix. Tools like Answer uh, the Public and and things like that. Mm. We have lots and lots of different data we can get on the kind of searches our audience are doing. And that's great. And that's a whole talk and topic in itself. And what I find... Is that taking all that data out is one thing, but actually knowing what to do with that data and pick the right terms and then know the right content to go for it is another step. Yeah, and for me, that yeah, that mindset and that framework are really the key thing that helped me do this, and that I try and want to you know share with everyone else. So the first one is the is the uh, is the the mindset, and uh, there was a, a lot of articles several years ago in the SEO sphere of articles using you know sort of the language of. Know your audience and, and, and think like a publisher. Think like a publisher so that you produce your content like publishers do because publishers are in the content business. So if we think like publishers, we're going to do good content. The problem with that was that I, I think a lot of people took the publisher to be someone like BuzzFeed producing, you know, Dozens of articles a day, very small, very quick, very niche, very good, very good at you know entertaining the audience, but very lightweight, very small, so we all started producing this content that was small that was quick, that was lightweight, and we thought well, we've you know we've perfunctionally, you know answered you know talked about our keyword, yeah, but what we haven't actually done is actually answered the question that is implied by that keyword search. We're writing about the keyword, not for the audience asking about the keyword. It's almost like you're being uh, too specific. So I think it's, uh, it's quite clear that when you write about a keyword as though you're some kind of you know, Wikipedia article or something like that. Yeah. You're writing about the keyword, but Google is now far too clever for that. They actually want to know when people are, when they're writing, targeting a keyword, it's about answering what a user wants when they search for that keyword. And that's a quite important distinction. It's a subtle distinction as well though, isn't it? It is. It's a small distinction. Uh, yeah, writing about the intent rather than about the keyword, mm. but it's vital, and that's kind of um, I think quite important. So that actually is the, the the bridge to the mindset of like think like a publisher is actually think like a publisher in terms of knowing your audience really really well. We know how much of the publishing industry in certain sectors is struggling at the moment but the ones that's you know not just surviving but thriving are those publications that know what their audience want and serve them and that sounds remarkably like what people say you should do when you're trying to write good content for SEO and then the framework is intent is your guide if you have the framework when you're looking at your keyword data of intent being your guide you see that's the bridge there between two you know the publishers know the intent of their audience when it comes to their publication so we as SEOs have to know the intent behind the keyword when it comes to deciding what content to do. And I think if you have that mindset of thinking like a good publisher and you have that framework in mind of always, always be using intent as the core thing that's at the forefront of of what we do, then that stands you in good stead.
0: It is really subtle, actually, isn't it? It's it's almost like meta intent. (laughs) Yes. These are the keywords I search for, but kind of... This is, what I'm, this is the sort of information I'm hoping to get back when I put my keywords in, not just a definition of what the key, <laughs> keyword
1: absolutely. is. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. There's always a question behind a keyword search. The question might be something daft like, where is the website known as Facebook? You know, how do I find mm-hmm. it? But there's always a question implied behind the search query. And so our job isn't to write about the keywords, it's to answer that question every time.
0: Now, I know that you've already alluded to this, but this this whole sort of area of mindset and framework, it sort of goes on, doesn't it, to influence how you translate all of that info to get the right yes. content for your audience. Just expand on that a little bit cause it's a fascinating area.
1: So I think, yeah, that, that's that's the, the point where you marry all these kind of aspects we've already talked about together. Mm. So we, um, we have lots of places that we can get the ingredients for our data, the, the ingredients for our search. So um, we can look at our audience, we can look at the market, which is basically doing keyword research, and we can look at our competition. And if we take those three areas and get lots and lots of ideas out, lots and lots of data that we can then use, we can sort of look at them through the prism of that mindset and we can apply that framework all the time of you know always going back to what's the intent behind that what's the you know how do we answer that intent with our content what keyword best defines that intent that we should then target through this page and so on as long as we do you know bring that all together that is what i'm aiming for that's what i'm hoping people sort of get or got from this talk and what i hope uh people can do a little better and that's what i've been trying to pass on to as i talk to about this
0: can we drill down uh, into a, f- a bit more specific, uh, into a few ways to sort of get the beginning, the data that influences the content? I know you've got a few ideas specifically around sort of audience and, and market and competition and stuff, haven't you?
1: Yes, absolutely. Uh, when it comes to, uh, you know, getting this stuff out, there's lots of different things you can do and which ones are best for you it just depends on your situation and your clients and what kind of market you're working in and so on. Uh, when it comes to your audience I think there's a, a, a really a good couple of things you can do. First is actually, of course, to start with your Google Analytics mm. and actually see what content on your website is doing well at the moment. Using some of the views in analytics, not just the pure numbers, but the comparisons to the site average and so on, you can start spotting what content holds our audience's attention, what content gets them to convert and so on. Start looking at that, key, uh, applying that analytics data to your pages and what keywords you want to target with them. There's obviously... Other things you can do analytics, like if you've got an internal site search, I think that's a really powerful tool that, you know, sometimes gets mentioned, but not always. If people are searching on your website, it means they can't find something that might be pointing to some issues with your UX or something like that, but it might also just be telling you, giving you really strong clues as to what our audience are really interested in when they come and visit us, and that's really cool. Uh, another one that's become much more useful in recent years, of course, is um, using what, you know, seeing what's already working through the search analytics, uh, which is now called uh, performance in search console. It used to be search analytics, now search uh, the performance report, yeah. and using the API, you can just pull out thousands and thousands of rows looking at what you know pages uh, have got the best click-through rates, what keywords you're doing well for, what keywords you're appearing for that you hadn't even thought of You know that might expand your topic, and so on. That's a really, really useful tool. Yeah. And uh, finally, in um, that kind of area, a couple of things you can do away from data, pure data is actually conduct user surveys. Either on your website or just use general ones. There's um things like obviously Google surveys, Polefish is a really useful tool for that kind of stuff. And I also recommend speaking to your client, going into the business and talking to them. Speak to the sales team, they'll know the barriers to purchase. Speak to the guys on the shop floor if you've got one, they'll know what customers come in to do and what their goals are. Mm. Speak to the customer services team if you want to know what gaps there are in your content. The, you know, no one's going to know it better than the customer services team. So there's lots of information you can get there. Uh, when it comes to uh, your market research, your keyword research, as we more, more commonly call it, yeah. there's lots and lots of tools. I already mentioned a few good ones but scraping things like Google suggests to get common questions and using lots of the tools to analyse the market. I think some of the more powerful keyword tools, I say like Ahrefs, Moz, SEMrush these days, Systrix, um, they do a great job of actually just pulling out lots of information. You just have to be patient and then translate that data every time yes. through that mindset what kind of intent is this is it um to use a classic modeling from content marketing is it top of the funnel intent middle of the funnel or bottom of the funnel tofu mofu and bofu which you shouldn't <laughs> say after a drink or two um because the
0: keyword there is intent isn't it the 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 intent behind the keyword
1: exactly the yeah. intent you know what stage of the funnel are they are what kind of you know what kind of content will then answer that type of intent really well yeah. uh and then i think the you know, the final stage uh, obviously was um um, beyond just keyword research which you know lots of people there's been lots there's lots of great stuff online about that. Uh, is going on to the competition and looking at what's working so it's not just looking at the competition going what keywords they're ranking for but understanding why they're ranking for it which ones are serving them well what kind of intent is behind them how are they serving the people at the top of the funnel how they're serving the people looking to buy now mm. um and, and and things like that that's quite quite key and it's a bit time consuming because it's not always pure data you get the data out of what they're ranking for it's great but then you have to sort of sit down and translate it and start making notes when i do um, my keyword research or my you know content gap analysis of what other people are ranking for that i'm not i'm always adding in extra columns of you know what the intent is behind this yeah if it's sort of what type of search results are the search you know when you actually look at the search results for these terms are they is google showing all commercial pages So if it's showing all commercial stuff, you're not going to rank with a blog post. You're going to have to build some kind of commercial page to target it and vice versa and so on. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, those content gap analyses are really uh, quite, quite important. We use them to identify keyword targets, but actually spotting, you know, sort of slightly bigger, more strategic thinking of, there's entire swathes of the buying area or the buying cycle or there's certain entire parts of how people talk about our industry that we're not even covering. That's the kind of stuff that can reveal. Um, And then you can also, you do some specific things, of course, it's uh, looking for questions people ask. So uh, there's, if you've got um, a a commercial website, you look at things like Amazon and you use uh, their huge buying power to your advantage. So you kind of go, there's uh, been a really product, a popular toaster uh, on the, and there's actually, you know, sort of 75 questions that have been asked and answered on here. So what are the common questions that are coming up? Yes, what are the, yeah what are the common themes that come through in all the reviews do people always say oh this particular toaster is really good because it doesn't make too many crumbs so you're kind of like ah, oh, i can bring these things out in my descriptions of these products to sort of point out why they're good and so on and appeal to your audience that way so there's lots of different ways you can use the competition to your advantage
0: and it's quite cerebral and subtle isn't it actually looking at the competition
1: yeah, yeah, it is. And I think it's something that um, actually is quite a nice starting point for those who are sort of going, I'm not sure what content to build. I'm not sure where to start. Actually understanding what's already out there and what's working well for people yeah. is a great starting point to this kind of, it's sort of the next level of thinking about it. Because you don't have to generate the ideas yourself. You can look at what's there and start understanding what is popular, what's helpful and what's not. And then from that, you start getting inspiration of what you can do as well or even better.
0: Well, Charlie, thanks so much for coming on today. It's loads of great advice there. Can um, I ask you to do something very difficult now? If you could sort of summarise into a, a couple of sentences for our audience today, what we talked about today, what what things do you think they need to be going away thinking about?
1: So, absolutely, yeah. I, I think the first point but uh, is, you know, sort of, Look at your audience, understand what they want, speak to the experts in-house and really get to know your audience as best you can. Look at your search market, do really thorough keyword research. Don't be satisfied with, you know, sort of 20 keywords for your website when you should be having 200. Understand really what's going on in the marketplace. Mm. Look at the competition, delve into it, really uh, sort of find out what you can learn from them, what you can do better, what you like, what you don't like from what's unavailable right now. And then finally, look at all of this with the mindset of what is the intent behind the search? Are people, at, you know, is it an informational search? Is it a navigational search, a commercial search? However you want to define it, it's fine. You, may, you, can, you can make your own definitions of what the different intents are, but always have a consistent way of looking at all your targets and knowing what the intent is.
0: How can our listeners find out more about you and, and Chopped and, and Screaming Frog, Jolly?
1: Well, you can um, find out more about Screaming Frog at screamingfrog.co.uk. Obviously, uh, they're very famous for the SEO Spider and Log File Analyzer software, but it's also uh, a very thriving SEO and PPC agency, so do go and check them out. You can find out more about Chopped at chopped.io, or you can get hold of me on Twitter at PageSource. That's P-A-G-E-S-A-U-C-E. Feel free to hit me up anytime ask questions or tell me what I've said and completely wrong in this web in this podcast, and um, we can have a debate on Twitter about it.
0: Thank you very much, Charlie. And thanks to our listeners. The show notes are at I am podcast. If you're enjoying the show, um, please leave us a review on your pl- uh, platform of choice because that helps us to, you know, if, it, if it's a decent review, hopefully, um, that'll help us to get out there to more people. Questions and suggestions? Podcast at sitevisibility.co.uk. You can tweet at sitevisibility. Don't forget we have a site visibility group on LinkedIn. So that's all from me, Andy, and it's all from Charlie. Thank you for having me, Andy. It's an absolute pleasure, Charlie, and we'll see you all next time on Internet Marketing.